0: Good morning, and welcome to Jew in the City Speaks with your host, Allison Josephs, also known as Jew in the City. If you haven't seen it yet, you can catch part one of our Jewish matchmaking interview series that we're doing right now. It's a new show that just came out on Netflix. Um, I previously spoke to the producer consultant on the show, Ronit Folintarshish, about her role behind the scenes. Um, But she's someone you didn't know about. Um, If you saw the show yet, uh, which premiered on May 3rd, um, the star of the show, who's joining us today, is Aliza Ben Shalom, um, and I'm so delighted to have her here with us to discuss um, what it was like to bring concepts like Shiduchem, Jewish matchmaking, Shomer negia, not touching before marriage, um just so many points of faith and you know uh jewish rituals to the world um first of all welcome to the show aliza and um and what was that experience like thank you allison so much for having me
1: it was actually incredible it was refreshingly beautiful and not at all like other people's experiences who have struggled to have a beautiful story and a true story represented it was um I mean, for me, I mean, like, I'm like, without words, almost, it was, it was such a pleasure to work with the staff and everybody that was there. And with all of the cast and and everybody who came from all different, you know, backgrounds and all different
0: locations. It was really something unique and special. So I just want to agree, um, as the viewer, um, and as I mentioned to Ronit, um, I, first of all, as our organization has been working for fighting for so many years, uh, Jewish representation in general is highly problematic. Um, Orthodox Jews are basically never in the room, you know, sort of for that specific piece of it are basically never in the room to, you know, tell the stories in their own words, both as sort of the stars of the show. And then, you know, kind of the behind the scenes piece of making sure that everything is in place because, I really think that it has to be both pieces. You know, you kind of carrying the show with your authenticity and your character and then real neat to kind of like look over everything and make sure that everything, you know, was as it should be because it's kind of hard to do both roles. Um, I just want to compliment you also that you have so much train, um, which translates to kind of just like a, a grace, a presence. You know, the thing about um, reality TV is that it often kind of like, has to rely on drama and in shows especially about dating um i was really envisioning that it would be kind of showcasing the worst of what people can be people can get so petty and shallow and um, bring out the worst qualities in a human being so besides just jewish representation in general being something that is often not good enough um sort of doing it um through the framework of dating gave me even more concern kind of the one thing I knew was that Ronit was involved with the show so I was hoping hoping it was okay um then when I saw your face you know um the kind of thing advertised as the star um that also was like wow I've never seen you know I've never seen a Balchua first of all as like the star of the show (laughs) so as a fellow Balchua um that's just sort of incredible to see but what I want to say is that um you know all the characters have their shortcomings as human beings do, as we all do. Um, But you really have this ability to like see the beauty in all the people you deal with, which is so lovely to see you seeing the best in them. Um, And it's so nice that your character sort of just like carries like nice Jewish values throughout the show, because like at the end of the day, not everyone is always on their best behavior (laughs) just in life or in dating. Um, And you're kind of that like steady force in the show of just, representing, you know, a traditional Torah way of life. Um, So just want to thank you for for that piece.
1: Thank you. And it I mean, what you see is what you get. That really is me. That's me in the real world. That's me in in the show, because, you know, I'm not a character, so to speak. I'm not an actress. I am who I am. And I just do what I do. And it does take an amount of effort to carry a certain level of um, positivity, just in general. My mother raised me like that. How we look at the world and how we look at other people is is with you know their good and their potential, and also helping them to overcome their challenges. Which I think is also a big part of the show is that we're very real, and I also am very accepting and non judgmental. You are who you mm-hmm. are, and that's yeah. okay. And I'm great with who you are, and let me, you know, open your eyes. Are you willing to try on something like Shomer Nagia for size, a modified version, right? So in the same way that if we're doing a workout and I'm not up to that, I can't lift 50 pounds, but I could lift five, we could modify it. So I modify things that we traditionally do in observant dating and I bring it to everybody so that not just the people on the show, but the audience also can grab onto concepts and they can bring it into their own world. So I'm hoping to light up the people on the show, but really light up the world and to help everybody to be able to do this.
0: Totally, you know, so many times I've noticed that when Jewish traditions or rituals uh, get highlighted in media is in order to mock them, to degrade them, to show how backwards and extreme and, you know, anti-women they are and, you know, the way that these um, just different ideas are put forward. Um, it just makes you feel full of pride um, that we have uh, richness in our heritage, that we have wisdom in our way of life. Um, And, you know, it was just such a a pleasure to watch. Um, Can you talk about how, like, you got involved with the show? Like, was it you first and then the show came around that? Was there a concept of a show and then they had to find the Shadchan? Like, is there any kind of, you know, behind the scenes uh, info you can give us? Absolutely. Indian
1: Matchmaking came out in the summer of 2020, in the height of the pandemic. And it was a huge hit. People fell in love. It was authentic. It was real. And it was something that they could relate to. And the producers of that IPC, uh, I mean, Netflix is is the the show, but IPC was the production company, went to Netflix and said, we want to do the Jewish version. and And Netflix said, Okay, find us a Jewish matchmaker and we'll take it into consideration. So they did a talent search to find the person that they wanted to use. And uh, you know, we went through the process of of interviewing and doing that. So they they had the concept, you know, we're under the Indian matchmaking brand and this is branded. And I could see that there could be future, you know, spin-off shows, whether it's Christian or Muslim matchmaking, that it's the same thing. And um it was a blessing because if you have a concept for a show from your idea until reality could be so many years. And mm-hmm. this was, you know, 2020 that, that had happened and signed a contract in 2021 and filmed in 2022 and released in 2023. And although that's a long time in showtime, that is really right. a very short period of time. Awesome. I also want to just, Go back for a minute to what you said about Ronit and having, you know, somebody Orthodox in the front of the house and somebody Orthodox in the back of the house and doing things. So I was actually the matchmaker to bring Ronit onto the show. I said to production, I I want somebody who can validate you know, kind of, and, and give like the kosher stamp of approval that this is in alignment with what mm. we're looking for. And I'd love for you to bring on, uh, from producers, somebody who knows Judaism and can also tell you if this is in line with Judaism, I mean, we can't just represent Judaism and have people yeah. that aren't Jewish, you know, saying that this is Judaism. And they said, great, can you make recommendations? And wow. I gave them three recommendations and they interviewed and they chose Ronit. And I know Ronit because we did a fellowship uh, I actually we did that in Philadelphia and got her a business fellowship
0: to get these things going. So it's Amazing. really a very special connection. Amazing. I mean there's really so much like gratitude I have because again like we've been working towards um this type of an outcome for so many years um and it's just so um it feels so good to actually see and when they say representation matters um like we've seen so little great representation, proud representation, diverse representation um, and this show, you know, has it. And it's not like everyone's perfect and like it, they don't mm-hmm. need to be. That's not even what matters. It's just it's people that I'll actually tell you, you know, as we're trying to develop the language to explain to studios, like what we're looking for, tropes we are tired of what we want to see more of. Um, We're working with uh, a group called Think Tank for Inclusion and Equity. Um, They have fact sheets for, um, you know, other minority groups. Um, And there's so much that we've learned, you know, from um, what the other groups are tired of seeing, um, what they want to see more of. But as I've been, you know, kind of thinking about these different, you know, what's problematic, what we haven't seen and we would love to see, in my mind, the average Jewish depiction is insufferable. Um, and what we would like to turn that to is endearing. Um, Just characters that we can root for, um, characters that, you know, if they find love or happiness, like, you know, we're cheering them on. And I feel like that's exactly what I found myself doing for these characters. Um, They were a wide range of Jews, so they don't all represent how I live or how I ever lived. And like, that was okay because um, they were relatable and they felt like, you know, my family, um, yes. and and their sort of commitment to each other is building the Jewish future. and that's also something that you know we've seen so little of Jews um, falling in love with Jews on the big screen that almost never happens. Um, and you know because media is so impactful and like gosh, I wish I could convince donors how flipping impactful media is, but like I mean the impact of this show to inspire the viewers, to want to go out and find a Jewish partner, um, and find Jewish pride and find Jewish wisdom, um, you know I think it's um, so so tremendous. Um, are there any ways, any kind of behind the scenes, you know, um, moments where you think that your presence around to kind of broke down stereotypes about Orthodox Jews? Or sort of the matchmaking process because i think you know people see it as fiddler on the roof as you know that's referenced in the show itself um and sort of this idea of you know it's arranged it's without choice um and by the way i want to also give space to the fact that there are a a minority of people where they don't have much voice or choice in that that's against jewish law but in dysfunctional homes you know there are instances where that happens That, that is work that our organization touches but When Judaism is practiced as it's meant to be, um, it's meant to be a beautiful thing. So because people have so many stereotypes in their mind, any instances of, you know, your presence there changing people's perceptions?
1: I think just by the nature of who I am and how I interact with people, that helped them to look at me in a different way. Um, They knew that I was orthodox. So I was either going to be wearing a wig that had to be taken care of, or I had a head covering in a different way. So there, there was an awareness. They catered to having kosher food. And when we were in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, and there's no kosher food, they're like, okay, so there's a grocery store, you can get everything you need, we'll get, you know, make sure that you're taken care of. And they were always looking out to do what they needed to do in a very beautiful and respectful way and for me i tried to be as inclusive as as possible so in the everybody knew on the on the staff that uh on shabbos because i would spend shabbos alone unless i was I, I, i like couldn't go to communities i wasn't nobody knew who i was and and if i was in america why are You in America? Didn't you just make Aliyah? Why would you you work in America? Like what doesn't make mm. any sense? So I often sent Shabbos alone, mm. uh, just for privacy and and not to leak anything. But I started to invite um every city I went to, I invited the cast, uh, uh whoever I was working with over. And sometimes I'd have somebody from production come to, I'm like, who wants to come for Shabbos dinner Friday night? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, I'm cooking. They're like, you're cooking. You're on vacation. I said, no, they bought me a suitcase. I had my kosher suitcase. So I had my luggage, my luggage and my kosher suitcase with my pots and my pans. And I kosher things where I go and they bought me everything that I needed (laughs) so that I could live my authentic Jewish kosher life on the road. It was really beautiful and and to me heartwarming they were they went above and beyond to take care of any of my needs
0: it's so gorgeous it it warms my heart um jews are not often included in inclusion spaces jews are often not accommodated when sort of accommodations happen um in sort of different professional corporate spaces um and it only changes when we have a presence when we raise our voice you know i think um my perspective is that i think in most cases people don't realize don't know um and it's so great because i think you know you doing this will only set the bar higher um and create you know increased awareness um and it's such a lovely thing that you're not just there to film a show that will hopefully do well and make money but like your values you know go off the screen they continue you know um in your everyday life the value of hospitality happiness is um we don't see like the ending in this season yet, um, you know. And I guess I feel like characters um, have different paces of like how soon they want to get married. Um, there was one character that that seemed like they're years away, and I'm like, hey, let's get moving here. Like, <laughs> <laughs> me too. I'm like, if you want a marriage, you can't tell me
1: four years. That doesn't work. <laughs> but it is. I it's their own timeline. We have, we have to work with, you know, real, this is real people, and it's across the Jewish spectrum. So for and some of them were very young, the youngest person, I think was 24. So for somebody who's secular and 24, you know, like, oh, to be married in either four or six years, you know, depending, but I'm looking for a serious long term relationship. You know, to me, I also question that, well, how's that going to work? Are you really looking for something serious? Are you sure? You know, like I push the envelope a little. I I lovingly play with them through the concepts so that they can try them on for size, because often they haven't really been thinking about marriage. They're thinking about a relationship. They're thinking about love. They're thinking about a connection. But in terms of actually settling down, it is for some people, it is far away.
0: Mm -hmm. It's interesting because I felt like and it was so beautiful how the sort of longer, older married couples, you know, kind of were woven through to give some of their wisdom. And, you know, the fascinating thing for me, like, I got married at 20. I met my husband at 17, first day of freshman year. And we waited three whole years to get married. It was not through the Shidduch process. We just met the first day of college. um, And I was looking for cute boys with yarmulkes. Um, I found a few, but um, (laughs) he he was one that was available. Um, And we were kind of just friends at first. And then um, because we realized we couldn't just be friends for too long, I actually went to Israel for a whole year or two take my time to grow and kind of get myself ready for that next stage. Um, But like getting married young and finding, you know, my basher young was such a wonderful thing. And I think I was so judged by so many of the people from, you know, the world that I came from, like, what are you doing? But then meanwhile, like I have this beautiful family of four children and they, and um, interesting because I think in a way now that there's like, I don't want to put like judgment on other ways of life, but I feel like in a way, some of the Jewish people in the show kind of talked about like missing their chance, like almost in a way, like the world that they have lived in now, um, missed out the opportunity of being able to find their person. The swiping isn't working, the like waiting and waiting isn't working. It's almost like they did all the things that like kind of their world told them to do and they're finding themselves alone. Some of them kind of expressed that sentiment. Um, that, you know, they saw themselves settling down, they saw themselves as a kid. And that was such a like, sort of turn of events for me, or, you know, the non-Jewish world now, the secular world to maybe be held up to say, like, was this the right way to live? You know, should I return now more to uh, to Jewish values? I don't know if you, you noticed any of that, or if you have any thoughts on, it's a challenging um, environment right now, the, the way people are meeting and just waiting to marry or not marry at all. Any thoughts it's, on sort of that dynamic? It,
1: yeah, it's very challenging. I think that what's happened in the secular world, and this isn't in the Jewish world alone, where uh, my matchmaking network extends um, across all all backgrounds. So even in the non-Jewish world, we are seeing the same things. Education comes first earning a living comes first, being alone, buying your apartment or living in your apartment, having your own space, moving out of your home. All of these comes first. This comes first. And we are bred and built to be individuals, independent, do my own thing, which is the exact opposite of what you need to be in a relationship, to stay in a relationship, to build a relationship. So we build ourselves up as individuals. And then we wake up and go, good, I am who I need to be. Let me bring somebody in. But but I'm so much of who I need to be. Right. I don't have any space for who I need to become because I work so hard to be who I am. I don't want to shift. I'm good where I am. I just want to plug somebody in right next to me. And it's not really how it works. And mm-hmm. I think that traditional Jewish values of, yes, getting married at a young age, it's incredible. You grow and become who you need to be together. Okay, so you have less financial stability or somebody's still going through school or still you know, working their way up the ladder. No problem, it's okay, but you have your family. You have the stability of a home environment and being involved in a larger community as a unit together so that you're not just independent and alone in the world. And I think independence became something that people started to worship. That's what we wanted mm-hmm. and we got it. Now yeah. we achieved what we wanted and we didn't get what we really wanted, which is love and community and connection and this person to live and grow with. And people are seeing it, I hope, through this show and seeing something really beautiful and going, wait a minute, I don't don't have to wait till 27. I could start at 24. Maybe I I could shift my timeline. Maybe I should get more serious because maybe when I want to find somebody, it's not going to happen right away. And I don't want to wait so long. It's Again, I always say this, it's the hardest thing to do in the world, to get married, to find your person, to choose them, and for them to choose you back, Mm -hmm. there's nothing like it. It's so difficult. If you wait to start it, we don't know what's going to happen. I like, no waiting, Every like prep yourself, you know, 22 and secular, great, 22 and religious, great, any age, it doesn't matter. Just start as soon as you can start because we don't know how long the process is going to be. And the more you grow with the other person, the easier it is in life. I got married mm-hmm. and I was 25. My husband was 36 and there you know we have an age gap between us and he said he worked so hard not to be so independent that he couldn't come together with somebody. So even mm-hmm. though he could have had an apartment on his own which he did for a time a period of time Several years before he started to live with other people, so that he would be used to being inconvenienced, mm. having to work around somebody, and building a life with somebody else in it. So mm. he had an acknowledgement of that, and his, you know, rabbis and his teachers said, you know, you have to watch out for this. Look for somebody that you have things in common with, and mm. try to build a current life that will be in alignment with the the future life that you want to build.
0: Beautiful. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think this is this this wisdom will um i think be so powerful for so many people because i think you know you kind of follow the rules and the truth is that as a person who became observant i felt like i followed the rules of the world that i was in up until the point that it stopped making sense to me and then of course i did the reevaluation um and and made it, and made that shift i did it young i did it when i was like 16 17. um and i think it's so incredible to be able to put this wisdom out there For people who don't have to go on as long and then say, oh, wait, you know, what happened to my youth, to my chance to to find someone? Do you think that there, you know, we saw certain things on the screen. It's cut and edited in a certain way. Do you think there was um, people that you dealt with that were more skeptical and then the more they worked with you, they began to trust in the process more?
1: So. I think I have a certain gift. This is this is why I'm in this industry, but I have a certain gift of making people very comfortable. And mm-hmm. even, you know, in front of a camera, no camera, it doesn't matter. I could sit down with somebody and very easily in three to five minutes, have them to start tell me their life story, you know, hand them a box of tissues because they're yeah. crying. Because I come in with no judgment and I come in with connection and I come in with a belief that they will find what they want and that I'm here to help them. And people just open up. And so I didn't find that people were hesitant to open up. You might've seen in the very beginning of an interview, somebody was a little bit more comfortable just to be on camera, but between us, I, I walked in for the first time to meet somebody, you know, Harmony, for example, and she's like, hello, and gives me a hug. Everybody, Danny, Nakisha, Cindy, hello, and hugs it was very very warm and all of the men you know knew i walked in i gave the mezuzah a, a kiss and i gave them a wave and i said hello yeah. we didn't shake hands you know it was very um beautifully and respectfully done and i think that's also something to point out i think that there were a lot of little jewish references and nuances things like kissing the mezuzah that was acknowledged mm-hmm. yeah and That could very easily just be glossed over like, oh, you don't know that that's important. But it was things like that that I, you know, and I even pointed it out to, you know, the the film crew and the production and said, you know, like, this is something that we do. I just want you to acknowledge like kissing the mezuzah, you know, it's a way of acknowledgement. This is like a part of a traditional thing. You might want to catch this. And they were extremely receptive to anything that brought more wisdom to the whole process and, and like more beautiful pieces of Judaism. They were very happy to include it. We, we included, um, just, you know, like blessings. Of, yeah. Yeah, ble- but also, oh, oh, yeah. Blessings are my superpower. My name is yeah. Elisa Braha and giving blessings yeah. and I gave a blessing to everybody after every single meeting. So you don't see all of them, but you catch yeah. that I give a blessing and people receive them. It is. When do you see that on, sh- on a show, right. on a reality never. show? Right. It's never it's unheard of, but they, I felt like they really, they really did build this show around the energy of who I was and the Judaism and the life and and the warmth and the connection that I bring to people and to the world. And they captured it. I feel so honored and blessed to have been a part of this and that they they were able like to say, like, oh they they, nobody knows how to do it my answer is yes they do maybe we just didn't have the right representation to do it yet but yes they do and when you have the right person in the front of the house and the right person in the back of the house and a beautiful production company that says we want to make it more documentary style even though it's a reality series I think that you can end up with something I mean
0: I know you can because we just did (laughs) it's it's really just about like giving the real people the chance to be authentic as opposed to projecting judgment um, onto you know what's in front of them. I think that's what makes all the difference. I think there's just been so much judgment um, and kind of sort of past ideas um, put onto the Jewish subjects of most of what we've seen. Um, and I, I think it's groundbreaking, it's historic. Um, we will hold this show up to other studios as um, an example of what could be done. Um, If you just let people speak, uh, you know, authentically in their own words. Um, And so it's really um, incredible. And I mean, really, all I can say is I hope they're season two. I think there's so many more stories to tell. (laughs) Yeah,
1: (laughs) And I want to thank you. I want to thank you for seeing this, for acknowledging this. I want to thank you for all of the work that you've been doing behind the scenes so that a show like this could come to be because without everything that you and Jew in the city have done to lay the foundation and the groundwork, I don't think there would have been an opening for this and there was an opening. So I think that it's a tremendous blessing. And I have a
0: lot of gratitude towards you and everything that you've been doing. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, you know, this, we had no connection to the show whatsoever. Um, And, you know, hearing that it was happening, um, I, I was wondering, you know, have our efforts for, you know, 16, 17 years gotten through anywhere, um, because we've kind of only reached that Hollywood level in like the last year and a half. Um, but I hope, I hope somewhere, somehow, um, it you know, it's made a difference. Um, and it's, it's so important when we have something actual, actual to show, because we have many examples now, we've cut up many examples of things that have gone wrong. Um, and you know, it's interesting. My uh, daughter, my te- one of my teenage daughters, saw a documentary that we made, um, sort of showcasing many bad examples of uh, Orthodox Jews specifically in TV shows and movies. And it premiered at our um, launch uh, party last year. And she was like, "I've my whole life, I've heard you talk about how they depict us. I can't believe this is real. This is really how they put us on TV and movies. Like, it's unbelievable." she overheard me watching the screeners you know before the interview yes. and she started hearing like you know people saying from and i'm very from and she's like what is this and she comes over and her face lit up and i mean it's just so wonderful to see your child feeling proud of the representation that she's seeing um you know with the the Frum couple that dated um it's just it's it's proud um it just makes you kind of stand up a little bit taller um and thank god she's a kid that feels very proud of her judaism but there's just something different about feeling seeing it acknowledged and seeing it being celebrated, not just for us, but to just be we're someone that deserves to also have our stories told, also get to, you know, um feel good about um who we are, what our values are. So um thank you so much for, you know, for being a part of this, for for being a star worthy of carrying the show, um, of having so much wisdom to share, um, you know, doing it with so much grace. Um, the production company, Netflix, um. You know, anyone who uh, hasn't watched it yet that's watching this interview, uh, Jewish Matchmaking is on Netflix now. Um, We really hope that- May 3rd, yeah. May 3rd. Oh, we're not releasing this till May 3rd. So it is May 3rd right now. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so this is not going to happen till May 3rd because I couldn't keep any more secrets. Um, Okay, so yeah. So so, um, thank you for all your great work. Go watch the show. um, And to the other studios, uh, pay attention to what Netflix just did right here um and we hope you're going to do it too um Lisa, thanks so much for joining us today thank you so much for having me and thanks so much for listening you can catch us same time same place next week Bye bye